Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with me Don Don Zoo. Hello, what's up? Don Don Zoo. Can you tell them a little bit about your yourself and credential and then how we met? Sounds good. So I met William at Quora. We are both top writers this year. We High met five. up in uh, <laughs> we met up in New York and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Quora throws a great party and William just really stuck out to me because of his energy. He's funny. He's fearless. He's a stand-up comedian. I admire people who do comedy because I think it is the hardest form of performing art available. And so I just really connected with you. And uh, so basically what I do actually makes sense to, to chat together because I was a headhunter for a number of years my whole career starting from 23. I've retired at 28. I acquired a lot of assets mm-hmm. while I was working and I became very successful in not only doing headhunting but parlaying all of my income into investing. So now I'm building out my own business. I had that since last year. Really trying to obviously meet as many people as possible, talk to as many potential people who need help in their lives, whether it's careers, whether it's investing, whether it's approaches to life success. But I I think my background speaks for itself in terms of being able to hack the system or retire at a young age. And now, you know, my my next few years are just to dedicate all of my resources and capability to help other people who want to find success. and ideally help other young people retire young too. Hell yeah, it's all about that retiring young, you know what I'm saying, so you can enjoy that stuff. We've been yakking about success. I came here, so it is what, it was now 2.20. I got here at what, 1 o'clock, and we, we just drank some green tea, and we're just yakking, and you, you were just, like, t- we were talking about success, and basically, like, the concept of, like, leveling, and, like, a lot of people, you, you were talking about, like, like how... People need to change internally before that that they can have any kind of lasting effort. Can you go into that some of that on the part? Yeah, for sure. So I think we got to talking about this because of our own approaches towards like how we interact with other people, our own journeys, and and I think there's so much negativity in the media about successful people, right? That they're entitled, that they got there because they were lucky. There's all this sort of like oh, people just got it because of certain circumstances. People actually don't give credit to people who actually worked hard to change themselves to get to a certain level. And, and I'm a standing of life, a, a real life example of that. You know, in high school, I was miserable. I was socially awkward. I was depressed. I got into shoplifting. You know, my, I didn't wake up. I didn't really have a sense of who I was until I got caught and put in jail. You know, I was in a jail cell thinking about everything I've done up till then and all the mediocrities of my life. And why was I just such a like just nothing exceptional, not even exceptional, just someone who is even in a jail cell to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was not me. Something went wrong. Like something happened in me that led me down this path. And really what it was was just a lack of self-confidence, a mm-hmm. lack of self-love, a lack of internal strength to, to do something with my time, to do something with the resources I was given. You know, like I, I was, I came to the U.S. when I, at a young age. My family was very poor, but they, they did well. So I grew up in a decent environment. I never had like a terrible environment. And I let external forces really take control of who I was. And now the rest you know since that moment in time i really tried to invest all of my effort into changing what is happening on an internal level because whatever happens inside ultimately 
gets put out Mm -hmm. you know your what is the thing they say like your thinking becomes your thoughts your thoughts become your words Mm -hmm. your words become your action your action becomes your result you know so it's like this this flow and it's and people just see the result and they never see all the stuff that happens behind the scenes you know now on Quora I get a lot of hate mail and bullying and you know all the trolls on the internet Ah. they're all I'm sure you get those all the time And their their biggest thing to you is like, well, you just got lucky. Well, you just like this just happened because right thing, right time, or you just were blessed. I came to America. My family had forty dollars in their pocket. Holy right? shit! I grew up eating free lunch. I grew up on people's leftover clothing. I didn't buy decent clothing until college. Until I started waitressing, having my own money. I never bought. You know, like I didn't grow up like that. And for people to just see the end result and say, "Well, you have all these houses now. You're rich and successful," because you were coming from a point of privilege. I'm like, in what world is an Asian American woman under five foot two have privilege in this country? You know, it just like made me laugh, and it was mm-hmm. like a white man saying that to me so I, I just think there's so much like negativity right now especially in the media especially in all these like wrong that's why I love the fact that your podcast is here to really set the record straight mm-hmm. it's like what mentalities actually help you get successful mm-hmm. it's not what's going on right now on YouTube on you know all these channels where you hear people complaining about the upper class that's not what's going to get you there nah dude this victim Olympics that we have where everybody's <laughs> like oh man like I'm the most victimized by society you know <laughs> Like, yeah, man, no, it's bothersome because everyone wants a narrative that's not accessible to them so that they cannot feel the full responsibility for not being who they want to be, right? So they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, oh, it's because you're you're a woman, this is probably because you came from wealth, this or whatever. So it basically takes the responsibility off of them because they don't have to engage. Like before I moved to um, New York, there was a lot of friction in the comedy scene um, in Chicago because people were like, well, you've only been doing comedy for two years. There are people here who have been doing it for like 10 years and they haven't moved yet. Why are you moving? Like, you know, and I'm like, look, I'm like, dude, I got a show at the Laugh Factory. I'm headlining shows in Edinburgh. Like, I'm doing stuff all over. I have, a, I have a big following. This is my time. But if I sat there and waited for somebody else to give me permission to be the person that I want to be, then I'll never be that dude. Because there are very few people where people are just going to coalesce around you and be like, this is your time. No, you got to take that shit. And like a lot, and, and, and in terms of, of, of leveling and, 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 th- it's so easy to rob people of their successes, right? It's so easy. I've done it myself, dude. There, there have been people who've gotten things, and I'm like, oh, they got that because they filled out this, this, this thing. And then, but like, I, it, number one, that does a disservice not to them, to you, because you you rob yourself of an opportunity to basically deconstruct what they've done see how they did it, and then see what you're willing to integrate into yourself. And then, honestly, when you deconstruct it, you can give them real appreciation. Like, like say, look, I noticed all these small things that you did, and I appreciate that. You know, like, even though, like, I, like, I, I just, that's given me confidence to do that. Look, anybody outside in the world, whether or not you talk to them, can be used as a vehicle of inspiration, right? That's why successful people hang out with other successful people. It's because you guys all feed each other by both actions and by words. You're never more motivated than seeing a friend's Success. This is also another thing a lot of low-level people, whenever they're thinking about jealousy, like jealousy is, Nietzsche says jealousy is us admiring the good in somebody, but also knowing that we ourselves could do that. And that is deep. You are actually appreciating the good that is somebody else has 
and that you could just incorporate that into yourself. That the, the reason you feel jealous is because you know that you could do that. I'm not jealous of Bill Gates because I know I'm not gonna. I don't want a hundred billion dollars. Number one, and like I'm, I can't connect the dots. You know what I'm jealous of? People getting cooler opportunities to be in comedy. That I think like, hey, I could do that right now. And like, this is the thing. Take take that jealousy and just show them gratitude. Tell them like, look, I know you worked hard for this, and like, I hope you get more because when you you combine that, you kind of number one, don't feed that emotion because jealousy is just a na- narrative and it's a, an awareness that we have, right? And we can choose number one to address and be like, yeah, I feel jealous right now. Then not shame the emotion and then appreciate appreciation just kills jealousy yeah and i think jealousy is just ultimately it's a huge waste of time because like what could you possibly get from that kind of emotion if you just let it be that Mm -hmm. you know like if you just cycle in the jealousy narrative in your head i mean there is no solution to that you're just going to get more worked up oh this person sucks and that person stinks and why can't and you end up it's just a it's a negative emotion to begin with so it can't lead to any positivity unless again you give voice to it you recognize what it is and instead you turn it on its head yep so like the next action is like how can you learn from your jealousy you know your feelings of jealousy what about the other individual makes you feel incompetent or less quote-unquote good right Mm -hmm. so it's like about if that person is worth establishing a relationship with being friends with them understanding what they do especially in your field right Mm -hmm. like it's i think competition leads to a lot of jealousy Mm -hmm. so it's like oh their business is going faster than me you know like what you were saying earlier why did he move to chicago why you know instead of saying why they should just ask you how Mm -hmm. you know what gives you the power you know what gave you the confidence what gave you the inspiration why you know add to people's lives don't subtract to it mm-hmm. and i think that's the biggest difference between successful people and people who are habitually not successful it's like in in your interactions with people what was your ultimate impact on them mm-hmm. did you add to their day did you add to their life or did you take things away mm-hmm. and when you take things too much that's you're going to become someone that people avoid yep because people are just getting smarter and smarter these days you know in high school you were probably willing to deal with your crappy friends but as a grown-ass person you're not going to do that anymore no you're going to say i'm going to start cutting that person out you know i know some people i had a tenant who was like this you know every time i said hi to her and she, she stopped paying me rent and I had to evict her. You know, she's the biggest victim in the world. So I, she's like 55 too. You mm. know? And I think professional she's professional at that point. Have, have over 40 years of experience of being a victim. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Totally. And they have it down to a science. And I'm telling you, you know, she was like a psychopath in a way. Mm-hmm. She knew how she was doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the day she talked to me about wanting to move in, she was a victim. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden things weren't working out in her life. She really needed a good place to live. Her and her husband are falling on hard times. She had a major accident. I mean, this is stuff that she told me in the first 10 minutes of a conversation with someone she's like you said a professional victim in her mind that's her argument right so like that's the difference between people who are successful and not successful the ones that are not successful they're always going to be a victim of something so you know when, when it was time for her to leave i was grateful that she left because she eventually started threatening my life at one point mm. she's like you know if i didn't know it was you i would have shot you whatever and just like just the most absurd thing so you know if you let that narrative get control of you it's not going to turn out pretty no because it's going to exacerbate it's going to compound and you're going to be somebody that you don't want to be yeah so again all this this thing about success and internal mindset 
it's crucial. Yep. It starts a hundred percent with what's in your mind. It's not. It's not about your academic credentials. It's not about your familial upbringing. It's not about your capabilities or your intelligence. There's no correlation that proves people with a higher IQ are more wealthy. There is no correlation on mm-hmm. that whatsoever. In fact, a lot of the most successful salespeople have GPAs under three point four mm-hmm. and above two point seven. But you know these. Most people... Yeah, just fills in that middle bat. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, like, it's not about all these, like, hard credentials. It's really about what's in your mind of what you're capable of as an individual. Yeah, it's about what you're capable of as an individual. And part of that is you kind of will undersell your... So I I, I want to get your opinion on this. I, so you, you're, you're, you're a real proponent of long-term thinking, right? Where I, I, I kind of have, like, when I talked about this in my TED Talk, I kind of have stopped doing long-term plans in a sense like this because I think that a lot of times you undersell yourself and that if you commit to a sequence of, like... Um, what I call character-based thinking, like so, like for stand-up, I for a year I performed every day. I performed three to five, three to five times a night, and I did everything that someone who's trying to be a famous stand-up comedian would do. I would just methodically go through that system, and I would have those, that character-based thing. And what ended up happening was I had a lot of things happen in my stand-up career that I would have, I, I would have never ever in my wildest dreams thought would have happened if i had made a plan i would have sold myself so short so uh, part of like i think sometimes even when you're in a lower state it might even be dangerous to plan because you're you're gonna be like oh yeah well this is all i can do when you're like dude literally it's limitless mm-hmm. and uh, uh, our commercial is brought to you by fabrice <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, um, long-term thinking, I get your point. Like, what if you shoot too low, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you say, oh, I'm only good enough to get, like, X, Y, and Z, right? Um, so I'm more of a proponent of, like, vision-based thinking and, mm-hmm. like, saying things before it actually happens. So mm-hmm. I'm totally with you there is that, like, you should not be shooting for hitting your goal. You should you should always – You I think it's good to have, like, a roadmap of a general mm-hmm. idea of where you yep. want to be, right? Yeah. Like, you generally know you want to be international by – year yeah or like you generally know that you're you want to start accepting speaking engagements mm-hmm. now whether that happens today or like three years from now i think that's where the gray area mm-hmm. is, is is always gonna be like within within your your realm of possibility right like you should if that is a goal that you have what is to say you can't do that today mm-hmm. why do you have to wait three years so that's what I, I think is the difference between limiting yourself and not limiting yourself it's mm-hmm. like you have a general idea of where you want to go yep. what's acceptable to you or not in terms of what it does for your brand mm-hmm. so for instance my example of long-term thinking is that i know don Dun global my company is going to be a serious brand when it comes to being a top leader within career coaching and headhunting. Mm-hmm. I know that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm in here for. I'm yeah. here, I'm creating this business to be sustainable and to be well recognized and respected. That's my goal. So, if you at some point offer me a chance to uh, write about myself in a book that you have that also has a bunch of other random people who are looking, you know, recently I had a book company contact me to, oh, we want to write a chapter on you and we're going to put you in this book with other successful people and then you get to talk about yourself. Pay us this fee for marketing purposes. Now, that to me is a bad deal. Not even if they paid me, that would be a bad deal. Because you're devaluing the level of your brand by associating yourself with 20 randos. I don't want to be with 20 randos. I want to be with Oprah. I want to be with Tony Robbins. I want to be with like Tim Ferriss, like these big names. I want to be at that level. 
if I don't see that level, I'm not going to be engaged with it. So that's an example of long-term thinking. Mm. It can work for you and against you. And it applies to action and inaction. Mm. I love that. Because then, then, like, I have a big thing about, like, in the character-based thinking is that you have values, right? And one of your values is your brand. That's And, like, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who, who, who want to take things to the next level, your brand is so important. And it's kind of one of the reasons why we were talking about earlier, like, that's why I don't want to kind of do dating coaching anymore is just because, like, I just don't want to be in that nexus. Like, you know what I'm saying? There, there's a lot of things that, like, even though it can be instrumental in other people's lives, I just don't want to necessarily have that attached to my brand at this time of my life, you know? And But, like, and I, I agree with the fact that, like, I like the fact that you said vision-based thinking because I do think that you ha- we have a vision. And I think a lot of times whenever I'm talking with people about their dreams, they want to do everything at once because they have all these ideas about what they want to eventually be, yet they don't understand that you don't have to do all these things at once. Get it, become successful at one thing, and then everything else you do has value. Like, like look at Donald Glover. Do you know who Donald Glover is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was a great writer and then comedian. And then people assumed that he had value. Then he was able to leverage that into rap, right? And then he's able to get all these other opportunities because people want to work with him because they've already established that he's valuable as a person. So other, other ventures that he takes creatively are also looked at as being valuable. Yeah. I, I think it's just, that's where long-term thinking is going to help you because you know what direction you're headed. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know where you're headed, that's really where you have to seriously sit down and introspect and think about what you're doing. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier, right? It's like sometimes just people, I see a lot of times in my coaching practice, people do things for the sake of doing things. Mm. And that is not vision-based. That is experiment. That's experiential. Experimental? Experimental, right? Like, and experimenting, while it's good for scientists when they're working on hypotheses and crap because it's their job, is not a good career strategy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people say, oh, experiment while you're young and do all this. I say, why though? Why? Why are you telling people to do that? I would rather not experiment if I had a better choice and Mm -hmm. if I had a better plan. Why would you experiment? In what way is experimenting beneficial? It's only beneficial when you have no idea what you're supposed to do, yeah. when you have no ideas. Now, we as human beings, you got to question yourself. Why are you empty-headed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, if you're 25 years old and you're experimenting around with your career, what's wrong with you? Mm. What, what's going on? Something, you did not do something right. What were you doing in college? Were you working? Were you studying? Were you reading? What the heck were you doing since you matured? And arguably, I started maturing, I think, when I was 15, when I got locked up in that jail cell. Mm-hmm. I woke the hell up. You know, what in the world were you doing that would lead? I can get it if you're 21 and you're confused and you want to experiment. I get that. And you never had a job. Your parents were super, super, super conservative. Didn't expose you to careers. I get that. Yeah. But grew that's up not- in ISIS and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You grew up in a very, you know, you were in a cult. Yeah. I get that. All right, maybe it's time for you to experiment. But for most people, that's not where you're coming no. from. You know, you've worked some part-time jobs. You've done some service-based work. You've gone to some internships. What's going on in your head right now? And the reality is most people are not thinking. Just period. They're just living. They're not thinking. They're just living. So they're going to work every day. They're coming home and watching TV. Then they're going to work every day, coming home and watch TV. Then on Fridays and Thursdays, they go hang out with their friends. They add a little, you know, instead of watching TV, they go hang out with their friends. And then on weekends, they might do stuff with family. And then you got the holidays coming up. So people live an unexamined life for Mm. the most part. The majority of people do so. Therefore, 
there is just less successful people around. Mm. So when people do become successful, people who are not living an examined life are so surprised and jealous and confused and they feel left out Mm. because they did not do any of the thinking required to change yourself to be anything more than just an unexamined life liver. Mm -hmm. Right? So, So that turns to hate. That turns to negativity because it's inconceivable. How did you get successful? It must be something wrong because I didn't get successful. So what did you do differently? You must have cheated. That's mm. the idea, right? And then you have this constant like hating of the upper class. The reality is everyone can get there. Mm-hmm. Nobody started. No, the, the reality is if you look this up, people, you know, the actual amount of inherited wealth is few and far between the majority of people who become wealthy are first generation Mm. that is not only a u.s trend that is a global trend if you look at the the developing countries right now india russia you know um china all the millionaires are new money they're all new money in china you didn't even have currency until like 10 years ago you didn't really have a capitalist system so every single wealthy person right now in these countries, they are self-created. Yeah. That, that's a crazy idea. And that's no different in the U.S. Yeah. Yes, there is more established old money in the U.S., but trust me, there's lots of new money in the U.S. My parents were one of them. You know, they worked their butt off. They saved up a lot of money. You know, arguably now they didn't make some smart money choices, but they did work themselves up to a point where they did become, you know, at least middle upper class, mm-hmm. right? And I myself, I'm in the 1% right now. Mm-hmm. Like I came out from, again, like I told you earlier, eating the free food, you know, um, living off of donations, of clothing. I didn't go to any vacations. We didn't go to Disney World at all until we were 15 old enough that our family started finally having some money and you know I worked my whole life like every day I had to pay for my own college expenses like my parents didn't give me any allowance you know like there's nothing special it's just what happened after college was I really dedicated my focus and investment into learning what rich people do what successful people do how they look like how did they get there Instead of hating and being jealous and being angry and being upset, which I used to be, you know, very victim mentality, I decided like this, this is no, this is no solution. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I feel like a victim, that's not going to put money in my pocket. You know, thinking negatively about others doesn't actually make me any money. No, it does. It doesn't change my status quo. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change my reality. If I continue to behave this way, nothing good could come out of it. Mm. And we know this. Well, what, could, what good could possibly come out of you hating everybody every day? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, and also, um, and my, my dad has a similar story of trajectory. My dad was born in 1947. He's an African-American guy, right? And destitute of all kind of opportunities, whatever. Went to the Marine Corps, was promoted to sergeant, then came back and went to UCLA, finished in like two and a half years, then went to law school, and then created such a massive amount of value. Now, I want you to take, think, think about this. My dad grew up in the same time. He couldn't sit at the same counter as white people. In 1988, he was regularly going to parties with Prince Charles, President Reagan, and that kind of thing. That's a kind of upward mobility. My dad is a British and American citizen and who had lived in Hong Kong and was part of all these massive clubs and he's been a pivotal change in a lot of people's lives and the thing is he just crushed it and what it came he says I asked him what what do you what did if he could reduce it down what um, what what is the secret to success he said focus 
He said that is the one thing that every person who's successful has in common is that they can focus on one task and do that task and they get it done. Not not they kind of get it done, not that they try, they get it done. And they have other people depend on them and they always come through. He said when you can focus, you basically focus is a way of manipulating reality into what you want it to be. You it, like we, we kind of don't want to believe in magic or whatever like that. But if you actually looked at what focus looks like, let's say for example, my body or whatever, I was a hundred and nine pounds. Okay. I transformed in a matter of five years to about 180 pounds of muscle right now that it's, we understand that there's a process there, but if you look, it's literally just the focus on that task. Right. And I think part in order for focus to work is you have to believe that it's possible, you know, and I think a lot of people don't even allow it to be possible. Or this is the weirdest thing I see people do is like, you know, I, I don't like, they, they will take the most exaggerated version of success and say that they couldn't handle that. So it's an excuse not to even start, right? It's like, oh, like, you know, I, somebody's like 350 pounds. Doctor's telling them they need to lose weight or else their heart's going to give out and they're going to have kidney issues. They're like, yeah, but, you know, I don't really like the whole, like, washboard abs look, you know? And <laughs> it, it, it's just like, yeah. and, and they, they speak in such an asinine way. Or they, that they, they're so afraid of admitting that they want to be successful. This is rampant in comedy. It's where they're, they're so afraid of saying that I want to be famous. I want to do well i want to be successful that they will like say i'm never going to do that right and and i'm never going to be successful none of us are ever going to be successful because they're too afraid to have other people judge them about wanting to be successful see this is the thing is ambition is looked at with suspicion um i'm I'm a big nietzsche in and he says there's master morality and there's slave morality all right and master morality the um values like cunning like courageousness like the gumption go-getterness and and slave morality which originated in kind of like this the the christian ethic where it was like oh you know feel sad for me patience wait for your time you know other people will see you that doesn't work that's going to keep you in the same spot that morality was constructed to keep you at a victim base level the one of the things that i think that the one of the hardest parts about being black in america is that there's the narrative that society fucking hates you all right. Yeah. The, and, and this is the thing is, you know what? There are people who hate you, but you know what's worse than that is thinking and b- buying into a narrative that entire society wants you to fail. All right. But this has to do with your point of view. There are tons. There are tons of organizations out there to help black people. All right. There's tons of malicious organizations that aren't right. But the thing is, you can choose what you focus on. And I think your point of view is the most important thing. Right. Your point of view is even deeper than your philosophy because it shows you what you're even looking at. And someone with a bad point of view corrupts reality so that will constantly just be bad like, like i can't filled with things like oh this is why they did that oh they clicked their purse next to me next to them because i'm it's because i'm black it's not because i'm a man or something like that everything is is in this victim train yeah. of thought and that gets addictive this is the thing is who you are addicted to who you are all right that your identity is a series of habits and that your thoughts you're addicted to thinking the same fucking thoughts that you have so you when you're going through this whole like oh you know like i i don't know you need to change you, you need to, number one, get not addicted to who you are because who you are is basically the person that you're unhappy with, right? And you need to get addicted to being somebody who is better, right? And you do that through a series of habits. Those series of habits will change you on a biological and physiological level. I, I, I People don't work out. They, they don't understand 
why working out matters. It doesn't work. Girls don't care that much about having a nice body. You know what ends up happening as a guy when you're working out? You release more testosterone. Testosterone actually helps you make better decisions. It helps you your mood. It helps with all these other things. You feel better. When you feel better, you're more inclined to make better decisions because that's what you feel like doing. And you're less likely to do other things. And then you also get intrinsic self-respect. So your entire self-image increases. Your self-image doesn't actually have to do with how the outside world perceives you. It has to do with how much you respect yourself by living up to those series of values that you have set for yourself. Yeah. And and your point is really like what lenses are you using to not only view yourself but also others. Yep. And and that lens is really important in your quality of life and your potential for success. Yep. So if you follow the 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 idea that rich people suck and that money is evil and that capitalism is the worst. It is. No, I'm just tell, <laughs> tell me how rich you're going to get with that, yep. right? How wealthy can you possibly be when you hate everything there is to be about being happy and successful and wealthy in life? Exactly. Now, plenty of people will tell me, oh, wealth isn't everything. Show me one happy person that's not wealthy. Show mm. me one happy person that doesn't have tomorrow paid for. Mm. Show me one. I don't know any. I'm very happy. I'm the happiest person I know. And I'm the wealthiest person (laughs) of my age group. I love my wealth. Being rich is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I knew that going into it. I knew that going into working, I knew that working hard, earning good money, being smart about what you're doing with your money, the ultimate result is that you have tomorrow paid for Yep. You can live comfortably today because tomorrow is taken care of. That was my lens. And my family, thankfully, didn't have any of as much of uh, crazy ideas and horrible thinking that they have on a variety of issues. They did not mess up when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. They knew that don't kid yourself. Without money, you, you cannot be comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's life. Yep. If you don't know, if you can't afford healthcare, if you don't know, if you can't help your parents when they're in debt and struggling, you tell me how happy you're going to feel. Yep. I know I'm going to feel miserable. I'm going to feel like a loser. I'm going to feel like a horrible child if I can't take care of my parents in the way that I can. Mm-hmm. So I knew that independent wealth is the secret to my happiness. With that lens, everything fell into place and what I dreamed became reality. Had I not had that lens, and like you said, if you think that people hate you because you're a skin color or what you're from, how could I do a job with CEOs if I think nobody likes Asian girls? Mm-hmm. You can't do a job when you're, every day you're talking to white males all day if you think that everyone thinks you're less than them. Mm-hmm. So your lens of how you see yourself is directly translatable to the degree of success you can have, not only in your job, but in your finances and in your happiness. Exactly. You know, when you walk into a street and you you know that it's a blank slate, everyone you talk to, you have a control of how they're going to perceive you. Mm. Not that, oh, they're going to take one look at you and hate you. If that's how you look at life, it's got to suck walking out every single minute of the day. Yeah, and also, like, yeah, there will be people who hate you off the back. But fuck them. <laughs> like, 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 I'm, like, and I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm cursing on this thing and you have a professional <laughs> thing, but this is, I'm not reflecting any of the speech. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like, seriously, like, dude, there's like so many people on this planet. 
There's like 7 billion. There, there are stupid people who will use stupid heuristics, but most of those people aren't successful. If you look at a lot of racists, the reason why they are racist is because um, it's because they're not successful. <laughs> like, it, it's just it, it, because yeah. successful people have better narratives to say that they're better than people. This is all just a massive status game. And, um, and, and, and about the thing about, I, I look at wealth as like a time machine. Basically, just things can happen faster for you. You can prolong experiences longer for you. You can basically stretch and do with time whatever you want. Then, and, and there's less frictions upon your reality. There, there's, there's just generally more possible and just easier to cultivate it, uh, momentum. I, I have this joke that I'm working on about like, um, you know, I think protesting stupid. Um, I, yeah. I, just, I, just, I just do. I think protesting stupid because I've never seen a rich white guy go to jail for changing a law. You know, I've never seen the Koch brothers go, oh man, they stick a dog on or anything like that. That's why I feel like we would have all got our civil rights a lot faster if Martin Luther King sold tickets to his I Have a Dream speech. And <laughs> we definitely would have made or if it wasn't enough money from that, he definitely would have made enough money live streaming his assassination. All right. Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. No. no, 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 no edit that out. Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, like it, it's it's basically like that kind of um, the thing is, is that if you control wealth, you can basically control more more of the you basically money is the points in which this game is played. Right. And the more of it you can acquire, the more you can influence reality to make yeah. it what you want. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people hate the system and I appreciate the idealism that lies behind, uh, you know, protesting. But uh, like you said, you know, th that's great that these things happen. It's a vote of confidence. But ultimately, what's the result? Mm. What's the result of that behavior? And it, it, you can't attribute it to that. You can attribute it to other things. So, like, as great as Martin Luther King is, he's a symbol mm -hmm. of that time period and what was going on. But ultimately, he didn't change the course of history. He influenced it. He was a important person from an ideological standpoint. And so was Rosa Parks. And so, you know, everybody, they had a role to play. But ultimately, everything was happening behind the scenes. It was a system that needed to, that had to evolve mm -hmm. it, because of the way business and the workplace and technology and cultural norms were evolving yeah so is it truly them or is it, it just that cultural norms were changing at a pace that they're going to change at yep. so in every decade you have beacons of light and you have people but ultimately they're not the ones changing it they're just a reaction and a mirroring mm -hmm. of the actual need from a larger macroeconomic and macro scale uh phenomenon yeah so they just happen to be available at that moment in time and they happen to be the one that and there's plenty of people who died without us knowing their names mm -hmm. Now, did they play any less of a role? Absolutely not. But in the reality of how many people can, you know, there's only so many names that you and I can remember from every decade. So there's going to be those standout people that just so happened to get that extra claim to fame. But in reality, it was a collective effort. Yeah. And people, again, people are looking at a result and attributing it to certain factors that may not really have been the Thur real impact. Thurgood Marshall did so much and people don't know who he is and he basically went through and he just did the legislation part which set up the framework and understanding but we, we a lot this, yeah. is, this is the thing is a lot of time with the back end stuff is like a lot of people don't see what goes in on the back end yeah. you know we, we get and this was kind of a lot of this rhetoric it, like Tony Robbins talks about uh, people celebrate you for, um, in public for what you've done in private you know and I, I think a lot of times in, in life success is, is, is quiet 
it is slow building and it's momentum. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Plug all your stuff. Absolutely. So guys, if you want to follow my career coaching, we have plenty of free resources on dondonglobal.com. So that's D-A-N-D-A-N global.com. I'm always looking for sharp, motivated individuals who want to do what I do, headhunting. It's a fantastic career. Obviously, I made a killing off of it and it was my first cornerstone to success in terms of wealth building. So I I would highly recommend if you're interested, check out my podcast, DG Recruit, as well as Don Don Global's podcast, Daily Don Don. And you can download that on Stitcher, iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Libsyn, and just tune in and you can learn a lot about the hacks that I've taught all of my coaching clients when it comes to career success, life success, and also job search. Obviously, careers is a big step for how many people get their start in success, and that certainly was mine. I'm happy to to do private coaching as well. We'll be releasing our webinar program soon. Oh, guys, go check all that out. I'll be linking it down below. And also, guys, like, follow, share, subscribe. As always, follow me on Twitter because I need it. Also, I'm building on my Instagram, so go check that out. And check out my YouTube, guys. I'm getting ready to start posting there again. So anyway, guys, as always, Godspeed and good night.